Welcome to the Vegas Voice Podcast Network. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times, and Nevada's most powerful senior media resource. I'm John the Announcer, and happy to introduce the various Vegas Voice segments and interviews that you can also find in our magazine, on our websites, and YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to the Vegas Voice. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Vegas Voice Podcast Network. I'm Dan Roberts, the publisher of The Vegas Voice, and I have the great pleasure of introducing this Rana Ranch segment with the Rana Goodman. And Rana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dan, and it's my pleasure to be here. All right. What's the latest rant? And I know it has to do, unfortunately, with guardianship. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Yeah, unfortunately, this is round two, the way I'm thinking of it. Um, when we first started with guardianship, the problem was private guardians who were ripping seniors off something mercilessly. Now it seems to have switched to families since we've chased most of the guard, the private guardians out of town. Uh, there's only one private guardian I know of still in Las Vegas and the public guardian, of course. But the problem seems to be coming now from families who want control of the family or control of the senior person so that they can then control the estate. You know, and, and, and again, for those of you who are unfamiliar with guardianship, uh, talk a little bit about the need for a guardian and what is the so-called purpose of a guardian. The, the, guard, the basic idea of a guardian is to have somebody help, let's say, seniors or people who may have dementia, Alzheimer's, or memory issues of any kind where they have a problem paying their bills or they have a problem with their own personal care and they need somebody to assist them. Um, a guardian basically becomes that person if they have a guardian. And by that, I mean the guardian has full control of anything they own, of where they live, of their home if they own one. They, uh, of that person's life, when I say total control, I mean total control. They no longer even get their own mail. They don't get their social security checks. The guardian has full control of their bank accounts, their trust, everything. You know, and, and one thing just to show you just how mighty the guardian is, if that person wants to do one thing and the guardian insists that the person does another thing, like living arrangement, arrangements, who wins? Guardian wins. Yeah, it's really that simple. Really that simple. And uh, now when it comes to the family, in fact, we just have been working on a case where a mother chose her youngest of three children, adult children, to be her guardian. And it was okay in the very beginning, and then it started a major legal fight between her other two daughters and the one that had guardianship of her. And they have spent a big chunk of the estate's money on legal fees, making one claim after the other and going to court rather than trying to work it out between the family. You know, and the interesting thing about this guardianship is there are so many different avenues and lanes. You don't know where to start, do you? No, it makes it very difficult. But to me, the last place to start is with attorneys. Because right away, cha-ching, 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 the money starts flying. 
You need to, if it's a family issue and a family person is the guardian, you need to try and work it out with the family. If you can't, then try a mediator because locally, at least in our state, mediators in the beginning are don't charge money. Or if they do, it's very low. It's certainly far lower than hiring attorneys. An attorney, to me, is a last resort when you can't settle something. You know, and uh, excuse me, one of the things that we have found is that that guardian has complete charge of the person, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned very briefly that who are these private guardians? And originally, when you started looking into it, there were, I believe, 42 listed in Clark County, and now there's only one. And most of the private guardians that have left, the ones that we know of, a couple are now residing in jail. How, right. how did that ever happen? Right. Susan Hoy is the only surviving one right now. Right. Um, what happened was the private guardians in the very beginning, they were not licensed. I mean, if you can imagine somebody in control of every aspect of your life doesn't need a license. Your barber needs a license. A dog groomer needs a license. Manicurists need a license. But somebody handling all of your money didn't need one. And that was one of the first things that we took to the legislature. Um, and, and it just, it was ridiculous. It really was. Now we have Susan Hoy uh, as a private guardian. She's the only one we know of remaining here in town. And the public guardian who is financed by the state. The money is supposed to go to the state. But what they have to do, because it's not private money, it's the state's money, they have to um, boil down the estate, so to speak, to get the funds in there as low as possible. Then they can go in and raid a trust. Court has to give them permission to, but that's just basic procedure, because they'll tell the court, oh, well, we need to liquidate the trust, because we need that money to care for yeah, this it's person. It's a rubber stamping it, by the court. It, exactly. And now, it, with families getting involved, it's going as far as the Supreme Court. And the judges we're finding out as we research this new thing is that they are not even following some of the laws we work so hard to change. Well, you, you know, you, you mentioned that, and one of the things I know that you have been working on and I have been working on is that a lot of people that we see— Tell us they don't worry about a guardian because if anything does happen, I have a trust agreement and I have a power of attorney. And let's say I give my power of attorney to my son. Well, that's all there is to it. And that's not really the case, is it? No, it's not. And like I tell all of these people, let's say John Doe files for guardianship of you. He goes to court gives the court all these reasons why he would be the ideal guardian for you. First thing that happens is whoever is your, has your power of attorney, that's gone bye-bye because that's, they revoke all powers of attorney. It's automatically and automatic revoked. and make the guardian the new is person. the new power of attorney. And the guardian has total control of everything. And, you know, in, in this, you, you said round two, one of the things that we have uh, discovered and found out is that originally you worked very hard to have a guardianship nomination form. Let's discuss that. What is that, and how do you go about getting one, and what does it mean? Okay, what it means is that now, thanks to the law, we were able to get changed. Um, 
Any person, senior or not, any person can file a nomination form naming the person they wish to be their guardian should they ever need one. Then they take that form and they file it with the Secretary of State. Secretary of State puts it in what they call a lockbox, which is a computer file. And when we started, I think I signed the first one. Yep. And within a very short period of time, there were 2,000 files formed because we were taking them to every seminar that we did and having people sign them right then and there. We delivered a lot. Now, I checked with the Secretary of State a week or two ago, and they have over 5,000 filed. You know, and, and one of the things that, that we have been going on and on about is that of all these cases that we are now discovering, whether it's the public guardian whether it is a family member, is that anyone who ever filed a guardianship nomination form with the Secretary of State has really never had a problem with a guardian. Is that correct? That is correct. And let me finish what I started saying about John Doe filing guardianship. And this is where the form really comes into play. Let's say John Doe files for a guardianship of you. Okay. The first thing the court clerk has to do is call the Secretary of State's office and find out if you have ever filed a nomination form. If you have, John Doe's case is out. Period. Period. And not only is that, there's no attorney fees, there's no other court proceedings, the case is over. Isn't that correct? Exactly. And and it's one of those things where guardianship, and, and you have found out, is such a Terrible, terrible thing to be under. Yes, it is. With attorney's fees and court proceedings and being told what to do, and you have no control over it, and yet a simple guardianship nomination form, as of now in Nevada, seems to do the trick, correct? Correct. The, and you have you, there is a place on that form to file an alternate, if you wish. You can also, once you file the form, Secretary of State's office sends you a small ID card, like a wallet size ID card. And let's say a year or two years down the road, you decide you want somebody else. You All you have to do, and, and it's only the person who filed that form can do it. You call the Secretary of State's office, you give her your ID number, and you are the only one that can change the nominated guardian. And, you know, and, and to, just to show you just how important it is and how there's so much merit to it. I know that there are s- certain attorneys that we know of that are charging only $100, $200 to help the people. Right. And how much does the form cost? Zero. Absolutely nothing. And what is the filing fee with the Secretary of State? Nothing. Zero. So really what we're saying is that it does cost you, let, let's be very candid, mm-hmm. a, you need a, a notary, and most people go to the bank and the notary is right. no charge. And it's the cost of a single stamp. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's really a funny thing because uh, I lost my train of thought. You lost your train of thought. Train there you of go. Thought. Another senior moment. But go ahead. Um, the idea behind it, let me, let, me, let me go on, Rhonda. The, yeah. the thing behind it is that this is such a very simple solution to an incredibly potentially complex problem. Right. And again, one of the things that I have been saying and Rana has been saying is, if you think you're covered because of a trust, it's not. Thank you for giving me our train of thought back again. There you now, go. That's go what ahead. I was going to finish saying yeah. about the trust. It, let's say, again, we're back with John Doe. John Doe has filed for guardianship. 
and before, well, the first thing is they're going to check to see if anybody has asked for one. But let's say they didn't file the nomination form because they have the guardian listed in the trust and they're feeling secure about it. The problem with that is how does the court know at that moment in time when John Doe was standing in front of the judge asking for guardianship, how does the judge know what's in your trust? Right. And not only that, the judge is not bound to follow the trust trust agreement. Right, right. So this is something that we're trying to convey and we'll be doing so more in the future. Uh, Ron is going to have features on it in the Vegas Voice. We'll have more podcasts and, of course, more videos. And they can download that form right from the Vegas Voice website, which is the, make sure you include the word the, the thevegasvoice.net. And, and you can download the nomination form right from there. And we charge how much for that? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. <laughs> and if you have a question over the form, if you can't figure something out, contact Rana. You have her email. You have a phone number. And we'll be happy to do it. So, Rana, I thank you for putting up with me again. And uh, we're going to head to lunch. And until then, this is Dan Roberts and... Rana Goodman. And for Rana's Rant, and we will... Hopefully, see you and hear from you again next time. Thank you.